This is Comictating, the comic book review arm of the Nerdables family of podcasts. Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? Welcome back to another issue of Comictating. I'm here with my partner Sebastian to talk about comics again. We, of course, are recording, as we always do, Earth 2 Comics and Northridge, generous sponsor that allows us to give us the space to uh, project our voices into the Omni mic. Coming at you which is, from yeah, the internet. From the internet. The interwebs. magic of the internet, as, the internet, as Boogie would say. Live to tape is always a good one, too. It's the one the Puck Podcast used to do. Live to tape from L.A. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess it is. I mean, we're live right now. Interesting to do a live stream and see if anybody actually listened to it. Uh, that's a tough one. I've, it's something I've always considered, but then you need like an audience. Yeah, no, that's that's large enough. To, yeah, like to when we did the to... podcast, they for a while they started doing it on um, uh, Facebook uh, Facebook Live, where they we would record the recording of the show. You know, we'd video yeah. stream it, so you could listen to the show in real time and you could interact by putting comments and stuff on it. The problem with it being like. It'd be an iPhone, like, 15 feet away from you. So you can't really say what see what people are saying. So we used to have to have another one. I'd be scrolling through it while Eddie would be reading the news, going, oh, that guy said this, that guy said that. So that was fun for a little while. But, yeah, doing it here, I don't know. It'd be interesting. It's like, hey, we're on Facebook Live next week at Facebook, YouTube also. Uh, YouTube also does it live. Uh, if you haven't, Do it live. Do it live. And uh, Twitch. There's always Twitch as well yeah you're a big twitch guy uh twitch and uh, twitch and youtube basically interchangeable at this point but twitch is the largest streaming service and there's you know like the gaming streaming service shows. that i never spend any time on no because it's, it's always funny when you talk about twitch games. and i'm just like i've never really that's not i don't even recognize that at all it's if I you feel like, so old and you know what i i say this as somebody who like i, I totally understand like is the idea like okay you're watching somebody play video games but what i sort of enjoy about it is one it, it's like especially if it's like with streamers that you know they've got a good personality and they've got good humor well, yeah i mean that's what and you can for. see the chat it's kind of like oh yeah i'm hanging out watching somebody play a game but uh the other end of that is if it's a game i'm interested in purchasing get to watch people play the game and you actually get to watch live yeah. when they're having troubles with it like oh my god this is a like look at this crazy glitch here or this problem here so it's been especially a uh, battlefront watching people stream uh the battlefront early access beta the battlefront yeah which uh basically solidified my decision to wait like two months and i got it Until for 30 bucks finish the game that, game is, still, that game is still not finished but i i'm yeah. kind of jelly monster because now they have the death star trench run as a, as a oh, space map for Battlefront, for Battlefront, so it's yes. like, all right, I'll, I I will try the Death Star Trench Run. I say you, yeah, because you got it, right? I have it, but I didn't want to pay the sixty bucks for the, all the DLC. Ah, so. uh, yes. So that's another one. I'll wait until the DLC is free when the next game right, comes out. Right, 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 right. You excited for Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption? Did you ever play the first? I one? did. I love Red Dead Redemption, so I'm very intrigued that they're doing a second one. It feels like. Did you ever play Gun on uh, PS2? I did. I did. Gun was amazing. Yeah, it, it did. Uh, have, it, Thomas like a, Jane did the voice of the main character. Yes. Oh. It was like a spiritual successor in its own weird way. Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. I remember first playing that. I'm like, this is good. This yeah. is. Re- I enjoyed this a lot. It would uh, not having a next gen system. One of the, you know, it, there's those pangs sometimes when you see a game and the first time Red Dead Redemption was shown, and I was like, oh, I wish I had a new system. That looks like fun because I love really I, yeah I love the Western environment and 
Always love a good western, but you have to go back in time to. Yeah, and it's the the guys from Grand Theft Auto doing it. Yeah, so it's they've Rockstar, a lot so... of experience with open world and crazy <laughs> stories. Did you see the video of the guy trying to figure out how many people it took to stop a jetliner in GTA Five? No, I have to so, watch this now. <laughs> he's putting people on the runway because he's he's one of these guys that you know can yeah, he's mod it or game, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he puts people standing in the runway as the jumbo jet uh, lands to see how many people can actually get to the point where the jet it's stops. Just the jet, yeah, the jet explodes. So uh, it's funny. My, it's it's hilarious. My favorite one. He drives around on an elk. So it's it's the it's basically if you take the car and make it into an elk, nice. that's what his character is on. So it's this you know cholo gangbanger looking dude, and he's just he's got like his hands on the neck of this elk and it's just moving around driving like around a car. like it's yeah. a motorcycle. It's just oh, it's fantastic. And I was like, this is cool. Sorry for all you probably Samsung Galaxy owners out there, but my favorite one-off mod for a single joke is somebody modded the C4 in the game to be the Galaxy Note mm-hmm. 7. Like Galaxy Note 7. And just throwing them around, just like, all right, exploding. I'm fine with this. Oh, that's fantastic. Or uh, one of my favorite mods, one of my favorite channels, Funhouse. Uh, basically, it's a mod that they played a couple, like a year ago, but it spawns planes in the sky, and then the planes try and crash into you. Woof. And they would play the games where it's like, all right, let's try and get across the city with thousands of airplanes <laughs> careening into you, trying to kill you. That's the fun part. Hulk mods. There's a there's a Hulk mod as well, where the Hulk is on a rampage and it tries to chase you, and they tried to get away on like bicycles and ATVs wow. while the Hulk chased them down to try and kill Hulk them. Hulk chase. Hey, Hulk smash. All right. Well, back in the comic book world, after two weeks of really too much product this week was a little bit lighter in terms of new product there's actually only two number ones that we're going to cover and one that um i think both sebastian and i were really waiting for so we're going to cover that last yeah as young animal continues its assault on the comic book market we've got some number twos that we want to talk about for two series that we like the number ones and we wanted to see where they were going but first off we're going to do a book from dark horse which we've never done before uh we're going to do spell on wheels which comes to us from kate leth and megan levins one of the reasons that I wanted to cover this book is Kate and Megan are friends of the store. Um, Kate, of course, does a number of different books. I think she's still doing Patsy Walker. Uh, Megan Levins did um, Rat Queens for a while, yeah. too. Uh, so she, you know, she got a lot of notoriety from that, in addition to a number of other projects that she's been doing. So Spell on Wheels, is uh, it deals with three sisters who are witches. Um, I love the title. Spell on Wheels is great. Yes. So Hell on Wheels and Spell on Wheels. I, the word puns for me are awesome. Because I'm a dork. Um, so it's these three witches who were introduced to them in the... Well, first off, we're introduced into someone who breaks into what is their home um, as different pieces move through. And then they find out they're in a, uh, a carnival. Not a carnival. Festival, I guess, would probably be. It does have um, a carnival feel. There's tent set up. But there's like a yeah. tarot tent and tattoos. So yeah, so their tent is tattoo and tarot. And one of them's doing a tattoo while the other uh, one of the other witches reads the tarot. And they figure out through their special powers that their home has been broken into they rush back home to figure out what is missing and the basic plot is that they are going out to find the items that have been taken from them yes yeah, like uh, some do- like talismans and crystals yeah and- some some do some pieces through that and they have a beautiful old convertible yes which i think is where the spell a, on wheels come from. cadillac uh, yeah kind of along the lines of um cadillac or Jaguar it, it, when i saw E-type. it reminded me of a uh, supernatural because there's yeah, yeah the car is like a big part of supernatural so as these characters uh so the first issue is a lot of setup of the three of them together and as you put it it kind of like 
It felt like a '90s TV show. It felt like Charmed. Charmed to you. Yeah, yeah, Charmed. So if so, you if you if you know of Charmed or uh, uh, were a fan of the show, it was on for a really long time too. Mm-hmm. You're probably gonna dig this a lot. It does it does have that feel, but it's got a, a very modern sensibility to it. Yeah, it says uh, it's a fairly light. I mean, it's it's not a super serious book. It's yeah, not a super it's dark. Very lighthearted. Um, it deals with kind of that. I don't want to say lighter side of magic, but you know, tonality is not dark and spooky and scary right you know. and but it's a book that also could have that in future issues as yeah well. you there's know, definitely the, there's definitely the, 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 this gentleman is sent in to steal something specific um so that he can do something bad we don't know yeah, exactly uh, what we it have is an yet. unknown force yeah who is uh, he's he's working for and he has connected to one of the one of the sisters here he's yes. the uh, ex-boyfriend of one of them so it's a book that was uh, it wasn't too bad. It was fun. Yeah, I really like. For me, I really like Megan Levin's style. It's big. It's bold. It's, it's very. Um, uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. Really, I mean, it's a lot of very easy flow of lines. There's not a ton of of you know ink work. Yeah, it's uh, got it has a I, I, the style itself isn't cartoony, but it does have the uh, it does have very very well defined characters. It's kind of bubbly. To yeah, me, you know, very, in a way. Very soft line. Yeah, and I like the way she, she designs women very well. I think all three of them have a very distinct style to them. Yes. That's very consistent through the book. Um, and the, the the coloring is great. The shading through the faces is great. Uh, it was one of the things that really stood out to me. There's a really... There's a bold palette of both light and dark. One of the one of the women has you know red hair, is very light skin. The other woman has very dark raven hair. The uh, third woman's African American. Um, so their colors, even their skin colors, look great. So I was, I was very impressed with the coloring of the book. It takes place it seems during the fall. The outside shots are, you know, trees are orange and browns and and light greens. You know, there's a very consistent color palette yeah. in the book. Uh, yeah, which the walls was it, of their yeah. house, the setting, they use a lot of, like, uh, candlelight or natural lighting, like, you know, to, to give yeah. the book a sense of natural lighting in the homes. So, so it's, it's very a, consistent color throughout the book. Yeah, and it, it's, I really, I mean, it was worth it for the art to me just on, on its yeah, own. it's good. So I thought that was, uh, it was a, it's a good start. Um, I know uh, Megan's really excited for it. You know, Kate's really excited for it, too. So it's a good start, and it's a, it's a different kind of book. It's, you know, if you're looking for a book that is kind of in that you know, magic realm, but isn't something that's dark and brooding and spitting. Yeah. You know, it's not Hellboy or BPRD or Harrow County or anything like that. It's more akin to something that you would get, you know, even in a, it's not even Doctor Strange, really. I mean, it'd be something, you know, lighthearted like that. So if you're looking for that kind of book, I think Spell and Wheels is, is a good start for you. Speaking of magic, uh, Raven number two, this is the second book in the miniseries. Uh, we discussed Raven number one a couple weeks ago. Uh, Marv Wolfman and Allison Borges on the art. Marv Wolfman, of course, is the writer. And, of course, as you said, Wolfman is a uh, creator of, of this incarnation of Raven during Teen Titans. You really like this book. I did. I did. And as a second issue, I think the story's actually moving along really quickly. The first issue had a lot of setup. We're learning about nightmares and some unknown force that's kind of tracking her down. And that finally makes the appearance in this book... Uh, the two realms are starting to meet, people are getting taken, and I really, really dig it. A lot of times, once you get to the second issue, you're either going to have a little more into the characters, or you're going to jump into the action, and this book does 
a really good job of of doing more of a setup of the villain and then moving right into the the action of the book without really missing a beat. A lot of times you sort of lose a little bit of characters going in one direction or you lose a lot of the pacing of the book going in the other. And I think Marv Wolfman, he's a master of the craft, so he knows how to balance things out really well. The art's really good. I, I really, really dig the costume she has in this book. I think they push the raven theming a little bit more like her hood has like feathered, like a feathered look to it. The costume is I, I actually a really, really nice reimagining of the classic suit. I dig it a lot. I dug it a lot, especially for a second issue. Yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't seem to miss that kind of beat. There isn't a pause through it. it, it yeah, it it's flows very, well. really well paced. You can, yeah, and the art is, uh, Alison Borges' art is... is beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah, it's a really good looking book. Uh, it's a very different style than the one we talked before. It's very hard edge. There's a lot of line work. Um, yeah, her cape and, and her top, uh, Raven's cape and headdress are fantastic. Yeah. Through the middle there. The scenes of, of explosions and is really well done. So yeah, it's a it's a really good book. So we wanted to say that I think you may have liked the second one more. Yeah, than the if first you one. if is you dug the first through... one enough, uh, please pick up issue yeah, number I think two. The second it's really good. Really... So the first one was really good, and this second issue moves you right into the crux of the story, and it doesn't feel like it loses character moments or is bizarrely paced. Yeah, there's nice character moments with her still being in high school and these new people that she's meeting and with her family, her yeah. her adopted yeah. family in a way, this the the people that are sheltering her, uh, her aunt and and the the husband there. Um there's still little pieces. There's I think there's a little bit of a hint that maybe the family isn't what she thinks, but I'm kind of hoping that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, um, I feel I I'm I'm really one of the things I liked about the first one was that it wasn't and it wasn't as sinister. crazily antagonistic as as it usually ends up being. So. Yes. It's a good book. Exciting book. Uh, number one did fairly well, so I think number two will do I'm, well as well. Especially since it is only a six-issue miniseries, yeah. it's moving along really nicely, and I, it, he's not... Sometimes, yeah, sometimes when you're you're kind of in that... Yeah, he's not saving big restraint. action for the second half. No, he's he's he knows how to pace a book, yeah. so I really, really like it. Especially, I like classic Teen Titans, and it still has that feel. It has that certain Marv Wolfman something. It's interesting if any of the other ones show up. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah. But so far, yep, Raven's book, Star Raven, Star's Raven, and it's been good. Uh, another second issue. The reason I wanted to bring up Trinity number two by Francis Manipal um, was that we liked number one a lot as a yes. fairly, like, a character-establishing book. And it just, not I don't want to say nothing happens, but there's no, like, conflict through the first part of that book and then we get to the end and they're in the barn uh, our three characters superman batman and wonder woman are in the barn and then they see jonathan kent in like a almost like a like a, a shimmering portal. piece yeah. yeah cut to now smallville some time ago we meet clark as superboy who runs in on jonathan kent who has just had a heart attack and our three characters are holding him and they're all in costume and it goes from there as again the book isn't so much as the hey, the bad guy's trying to do this, it's, they've been transported to this other spot, and they're not even sure if they've been transported in time, or in time and dimensionality or space. Right. Um, you know, Batman starts talking about the butterfly effect, Wonder Woman's very much like, there's just something that's going on. Something's off. Do. Something's yeah. wrong. And so it's another beautiful book, as you see the dichotomy of these three characters, in in the ways that they interact, in this this 
a scene with all three of them, you know, of what Clark's thinking, what Bruce is thinking, and what Diana's thinking, and they're all three are very different as how they're approaching this subject. Again, it's another family book. It's another beautiful piece. It's got a lot of heart. You know, we talk about heart a lot with a lot of these New 52 books. And it isn't until you get to the very end when we get back and we see Jonathan Kent, Superman's son, is in, is, is in the back and our villain is revealed and we actually don't know where it's going from there. It right. just really ends on that point. It uh, was very reminiscent, and it's uh, something that, that should be said, because especially for newer readers, very much reminiscent of uh, the Alan Moore story for The Man Who Has Everything, especially with the villain and the reveal. It was very, very close to that, and I liked that a lot, especially for somebody who's going to come into this and go, all right, all right, who are we getting in this book? We've got a little bit of a conflict here. But it's also really, really nice to see the Jonathan Kent, uh, Clark Kent's father, uh, back in the comic books again, even if it is for this singular issue, but it's that uh, the great family moments of like, oh, Clark gets to talk to his dad again, albeit yeah, in, in this so bizarre, we don't know what, especially yeah. if you're coming into this, but... Uh, Heavily. I think you forget, even in pre-New 52, they, Jonathan Kent was had the heart attack in um, he was still Jeff a, John's run of yeah. Action Comics, so it's been a yeah. number of years since Jonathan Kent has been a character right. in, then, in any of those books. So it was and nice then when they did the New 52, they were... He was depend, already dead, yeah. Yeah, depending on which, uh, or at least which take on Superman in the New 52, because when they did Grant Morrison, he did that early one where he was only with the Kents for a few years before they died... And was sent off, and then later on they sort of retconned it to do a little bit more yeah, of time I can't with them. Remember exactly what it was, but it, it definitely was by the time he gets to Metropolis, already, both Martha both and are John are are, are, are are gone. So yeah, it, it's a good Jonathan Kent, Jonathan Kent Senior uh, book, which is really nice, and and it is part of it is about you know that, very well written. Yeah, well, it's it's it, it's a part of you know that relationship of. Yeah, there's a point in it when he talks about how hard it is to to raise a son who can basically do all of these yeah, things. Who can level a city? Yeah, who can do who can crack the earth in half if he really wanted to. Um, and Clark, you know, reassures him. No, it's it's it's, it's a beautiful piece. Yeah. And it was one again. It's you know, second issues we don't cover as much, or if it's not something major in it, but we, it's just something we wanted to talk about today. Um, Superman Nine came out too. You got to read that. Oh, I'm gonna check that out. Yeah, nice. it was good. It was again more of that. Piece what they've done with Clark, especially our, after our, last issue, our pre fifty two Clark that is now in this rebirth world, which world is with his maybe son. the pre fifty two Earth still, yeah, to a certain. But it's just so well done. His relationship with Lois and his son is so beautiful. You know, it, it maybe so. It, it's it's almost a thing where I'm reading it and I'm going, I know there's like thirteen year old kids going, lame. This is so lame. But people our age or our our, our temperament are going like. It's so nice. Like, yeah. they're so good to each other, you know? People are just so nice. And it's just like, he's such a good father. And it's just such a good son. I just like these people. Yep. It's so good. And I'm, I'm one of those people that's, for, for for me, for characters, you know, I've said relatability is one of those things that I think gets overused because if you're Superman, I don't want to relate to Superman. I want Superman to be better than I am. Because if I get yeah. Superman's powers, let me tell you, I'm not saving the Earth. You know, it's just like, hmm, where do I want to go tonight? I think I'll go to Paris. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go to Paris for dinner. You, you should stop those bank robbers. No, I'm. You know what? Yeah, but I'm gonna keep that money because I'm a bad person. <laughs> I can't have Clark be that person. I want Clark to be better than me. I want him to be a better father than I'd ever be. I want him to be a better son than I would have ever been. And that's why I like those stories where he's he's 
in that kind of mold of perfection. Uh, always, always loved it. The cover's great too. Yeah. And, and uh, I have a deep love for the writer artist, which is something yeah, that, yeah. that does not happen very often anymore. You see Manipul do something, you know, he worked with Broccoletto in, um, in Flash, Flash when it started. And this is, he's, he's on his own and this is actually really well done. You know, he's, I think he's kind of got his chops. It is to, I know as much as I love Andy Cupert as an artist, his first run of that Damien book was not a strong writing piece, but some people, you know, it takes time. You, you, you learn as you go through. So, yeah. Uh, Manipal, I think, is above the curve there. He is. Uh, I writer artists are something I admire, and it doesn't happen very. Well, very I think often. for some of it is it's 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 time consuming. Yeah, but oh, it's sure also it but you can you're it's a direct translation. You know what yeah. you're seeing in your head, you can get to the page, which is sometimes uh, uh, if you're a, if you're an artist first is is an advantage where you're just you've got this image in your head and you can put it right on the paper. Um, versus someone who can't, you know, Scott Snyder has always said his relationship with Greg Capullo changed part of the way he was writing because Greg always came up with stuff that was better than he could ever right. think of. You know, he's thinking a panel work like this and it should look like this and then it would come out and it'd be like, holy crap, that's so much better than anything right. I could have thought of. Someone like Bendis who works with the same artist over and over again because Bendis was an artist first. He was a designer and an artist yeah. first. So yeah. he's a very specific idea. And there's a there's a discord or a disconnect when he's like these four panels should look like this and they don't look like that at all. Um, but the people he works with, he's been able to be in sync with so that they can find that happy medium where what he's seeing and what they they're seeing is close enough that little tweaks or twitches may happen. But the basic idea of what's in Bendis's head is also in. Michael Evan Oming Head, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Michael Lark or Michael Gatos, you know, those type type of stuff. So, speaking of Michael Avon Oming, the book that we uh, have saved for last, the latest in the DC's Young Animal line, of course, we have Doom Patrol, Shade the Changing Girl. We've covered both of those books. This is Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye. Written by Jonathan uh, uh, Jonathan Rivera and Gerard Ware. The art is Michael Avon Oming, who did Powers with Brian Michael Bennis, as we mentioned before. I'm excited for this book because this is the first young animal book I read that I understood. Well, then you'll be the perfect person to explain <laughs> it to our audience. What's the uh, plot? Uh, I actually, I really like this book as well. So yeah, this is... It's, it's solid stuff. It's, and the metal men are back. The metal men have an, an appearance in it, and it's uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. It's right in the title. It's Hot Tub Time Machine right there. Um, it's an eye that you know is scanning. He's seeing things through the eye. He's seeing these other places. Um, it explains very very quickly. His his um, wife has passed away, so we see him at the funeral as he's driving home. Uh, he's on a calling talk show. Uh, Caller, if I understand what you're saying, you mean there's a vast government conspiracy to hide geological discoveries pointing to the existence of aliens capable of forming flexible allies? Yes. <laughs> um, and then we come to find he's got this beautiful house. This sequence from from his his funeral to getting to the house is gorgeous. It's so well done. The way you know you see him go through the house and you see you go pop through, art oh, yeah, it's really, really cool. Um and then we find out he's it's kind of a Venture Brothers feel to it. He's he's been like a star, in in a certain ways. You know, Cave Carson is is got his own company. He's yes, got yeah. his, you know, his daughter. It was a part of this, you know, whether it's a show or, or whatever it is, this video piece. Um, 
almost like the rusty venture yeah uh, i don't even want oh no say what that i mean that is so good you'd like that that line was so fantastic I don't want to give it away, but just that that yeah. piece, and then Kick Puncher, the Kick Puncher, Team Carson, Team Carson. What is it? Team Carson, the king, Campground the, Adventures. That's what yeah. Team Carson Campground Adventure. Kick Puncher as a as a as badge. A badge. Um, which, uh, there's which some other good ones in here too. Is it's, very reminiscent of that episode of Venture Brothers where he has all the kids over for the camp that yep. he makes on the ground. That is so good. Um, so Cage is kind of like he goes back and checks in with his company. Uh, he's finding what they're doing. They're running. They're basically explorers, but also like miners, you know. So they've got a uh, a mighty mole, which is a, like an explorer car. There's people training, um, but he's sort of like that's a the new car is pretty crazy, and this training is out of control. Yeah, um, it'd be like it, well, Doctor Venture already is a very absentee yeah. CEO of a company, but very it's much the that, same thing here. If yeah. he decided ten years like to wait like ten years and like oh what's going on. Um, so we have him going through trying to figure out what's going on with his eye. He goes to see someone uh, as well. That's when the metal men show up. And then you basically get someone that arrives from this underground world that you see in the very beginning that he can still th- see through this eye. And something goes wrong and he's attacked. And, it, you know, this is one of those uh, things aren't what they seem to be uh, type of uh, type of uh, storyline going on here. Which is fairly common, but it, it's done in a really good way. This art is so gorgeous. Yes, uh, very Omi's refined. Art is so good. Yeah, this is definitely, you know, I was a big fan of Powers, and I love his art there. And this is different enough that I think if you didn't know for a, a thousand percent that it is my uh, Oming, yeah, yeah, you would not. You know. you might you'd go like, hey, someone's trying to rip off Oming. I mean, there's a few places his daughter looks very much like. A character that, that he's done before um but some of the backgrounds look a little different to me his sense of pacing seems to be a little bit different than me uh, but it's just it's it's really really good it's just so oh, yeah. gorgeous and then you get to the end and there's a superpowers backup yeah uh, the wonder twins it, the wonder twins which is uh tom scioli who did gi joe versus transformers which i couldn't get through but his art is fantastic this was a this is very, yeah, very like a cool. Victorian Wonder Twins yeah. story, and uh, there's also like a Joker story in there as well. Yeah, and they have a cool like Shade the Changing Girl, from and and Cape Carson from um like the the old handbook style. Yeah, the yeah. the DC Who's Who type thing. So there's a lot of cool pieces in this, and and it helps to kind of like understand who these these people are. Um, this Gerard. was the one that kind of intrigued me to the mo- the most. It definitely has an interest story, and I I like you. I like sort of like those adventure stories, yeah. and especially the modern take where when you look at stuff like uh, Johnny Quest, that yeah, it can seem a little bit ridiculous, but having a, a modern sensibility, and it's not overly cynical. No, it, I mean it definitely exists in its space. It, it looks like it is connected to the DCU as a whole. He mentions yes. Kryptonite in it, and of course we do see the Metal Men. Um, it's hard to read it when you're a Venture Brothers fan, though. Yes, because, because you're always trying to like, hey, Venture Brothers. Um, Venture Brothers is in the back of your head. There's, yeah, there's so much stuff now. Like I read an old Johnny Quest, and I'm just reading it, going, yeah, I can see where that. I see. I think they may have taken this directly for Venture Brothers because obviously that's what it's sort of based on. Um, but yeah, this was the one I was most looking forward to, and it did not disappoint. I like this book a lot. This is. 
one of the few that I'm looking at going, yeah, I can't wait for issue two. Yeah. It's versus really, the other ones where really I'm like, good. Shade the Changing Girl, especially, I'm going, uh, I don't know how much more head scratching I can do. So Shade the Changing Girl is a book that may also read better as a collection. Yeah. I know you enjoy it. And I like yeah. I, I liked Doom Patrol, even if I wasn't 100% sure what was going on. The Euro in it was good. And that's, that's another one that it. feels like once you get that first collection, yeah. you can read everything one after the other. Yeah, but in terms of like the, the reaction to, to all three of them has been really It's been really positive. High. Yeah, the DC Young Animal seems to to be creating some buzz. Um, I know a lot of people were looking for, forward to Cave Carson, so we're hoping that that's going to be... I, mean, I do not think they'll be disappointed. I really No, like not at all. all. And with the Young Animal stuff, you can really feel Gerard Way's love of not just the medium of comics... But those classic DC books as well. For somebody to go in like, yeah, let's do a, a superpowers backup. Let's do uh, the DC uh, uh, character sheets from the old books to give you an idea about who these people are. And in their own way to sort of maintain them in the continuities of these old books and old stories. Even if, albeit very loosely, they're there. Especially like Shade the Changing Girl and Doom Patrol feel very connected to the previous series that are considered some of the highest caliber stuff that DC was doing in the 80s. So yeah. I really dig it. Gerard Way has got a lot of love for what he's doing, and it really comes through in these books. Yes, being kind of the the architect of this, co-writer on this book, uh, writing Doom Patrol, um, basically acting as a... As a you know, a director or whatever. Yeah, Shade filter, also. director, sort of yeah, like... director or... or everything yeah, gets know, funneled through conductor, him. Conductor, yeah, yeah, sort of thing. It's been uh, it's been cool, and that's kind of the biggest. And, and, and I, I'm using the word "cool" purposely because I think these three books have that cool factor very cool. to yeah. them. Yeah, there's there's it's kind of when people first started reading Vertigo, you know, yeah. instead of like Marvel or DC, you went and get in Sandman. You're like, Sandman's cool. Yeah, Sandman or Swamp Preacher's Thing. cool. Swamp Thing's cool. You know, it's different. It's like not what your not what your your baby brother's reading and stuff like that. So. I was, yeah, I was really happy with Cape Carson as a cybernetic guy. That's one of the books that I think we'll be covering number two as well. Yeah, I definitely uh, want to check on number two and see where it goes. So, yeah. Uh, not a, Like I said, not a lot of books to cover this week. Um, I think that's probably going to do it for us. Uh, Cape Carson is definitely our pick. We love Trinity as well. Uh, and Sebastian loves Raven. I like Raven too, but Sebastian has a, a good connection with Raven is enjoying that book. And if you want something different, you want something fun, Spill on Wheels from Dark Horse is a good book as well to pick up um i think that's going to do it for this week next week we'll have a new batch of books to uh to discover together and we'll bring you our thoughts and feelings on them um you can always visit our facebook page facebook.com backslash nerdables uh, as we are a part of the nerdables family of podcasts which walking dead comes back not next week yeah it's next week. i think it's next week yeah i think it's next week uh, and our talking dead cast will probably start up then with three podcasts going Uh, but <laughs> for my partner, Sebastian, this is Chris. Uh, you will talk to you next week.